Hello and welcome to Screen Out Loud. Today we have a review of Captain America The Winter Soldier, TV talk on the How I Met Your Mother finale, games talk on how Facebook has just bought Oculus Rift, and our feature discussion will be a spoiler talk on Captain America 2. Alright, so probably the biggest release last week was Captain America 2. Yeah, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, starring Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Anthony Mackie, Robert Redford, Samuel L. Jackson, and Kobe Smulders. And Sebastian Sant, obviously, as the titular Winter Soldier. Uh, what did you think? What were your initial thoughts? Well, see, I went into it thinking it's going to be bigger and better than Captain America, the first yeah. Avenger. Um, and yeah, some of the scenes were really, they were better, but I didn't find it as as interesting. It really? Didn't, it didn't grab my interest as I big th- as Captain America. I think one of the problems they've got is that Captain America, uh, the Winter Soldier, is a complete reverse of what they did yeah. with the first Avenger, because obviously the first Avenger is a, is a period piece. And so there's only so much they can do with that. And I think they did a terrific job. Yeah, that's something I really really enjoy. I love seeing period pieces on TV and film. And so Captain America, it took my interest because it's something different from the superhero scene. To see see a superhero set in a different time. We haven't seen that for a long time. No, I think that was really interesting. But one of the problems they have with that movie is that Captain America has the potential to be quite a stodgy, quite a a dull, to be honest, character. Yeah. Um, And they they made him quite interesting, particularly when he's you know, pre-Captain America phase, you know. But I think that the new movie is pretty good. They they do something different with it. And I think that's what I like about the Marvel movies at the moment is that they, they take a gamble with their characters. And with each new movie, they're willing to kind of reinvent what that character represents and what that character is about. Because obviously, after the first Avenger, he gets woken up in the modern day. So the new movie has to deal with his, like, coping of that. Yeah. And his understanding of the world. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a gag at the beginning where he, where he uh, reveals a list yeah, of, of different fantastic. things that he has to catch up on. Did you know that they, they have done um, uh, different versions of that for different regions? Oh, okay. Yeah, so the American list is, is slightly different. That's interesting. Yeah. The plot. Let's go, yeah, let's okay. So a the, quick plot summary. So uh, uh, Captain America finds some data on a ship on a on a shield mission because he's more of a he's more of a spy now than a uh, than a than a soldier. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. So he finds this data. Uh, which is shrouded in mystery, and it gets one of his close colleagues, not going to say who, into into danger. And from there, he kind of tries to unravel what what the secret is, uh, and whether it's something within Shield that he needs to to resolve. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. They yeah. they discover they there's potentially a mole in Shield, yeah. and the film revolves around the plot we've seen before with trust no one. But try and solve it whilst being hunted because you've got this piece of, piece of information that you're not yeah. meant to have. Well, it's kind of, uh, it harkens back to those kind of 70s thrillers, uh, which is one of the, the things that Marvel has talked around about this movie for quite a while. But it really works. And like I say, it's a complete reverse of what the, the first Avenger movie was, which I kind of like. And I like the fact that they're doing something different with it. Obviously, uh, we can't go into too much detail about the plot because there are so many things which happen in this movie which you have to see in order to understand and you know and to figure out how it fits in with the lo- the the larger sort of marvel cinematic universe and we'll go into detail on that a bit later but overall i think it was a solid effort for marvel and it was for me it was better than their last effort which was thor the dark world which i enjoyed but it felt on the periphery of the marvel universe yeah. whereas this is very much at the center and this very much shapes everything that is going to come after it i think one of the problems is now since avengers as well and I know it shouldn't be done when you're watching each film, hmm. but the problem is comparison. 
Yeah. For me especially, I know I shouldn't do it when I'm meant to be reviewing the film, but I watch <laughs> Captain America and my favourite out of the Avengers is Iron Man. And so I'll watch it and go, it's not as good as Iron Man. Yeah. Which is a real, it's problematic. It's because it treats Iron Man differently. Yeah. You know, but I, I, you know, I don't think you can really compare the different superhero movies, particularly no. in the Marvel movie, because obviously Thor is a, is more of a sci-fi adventure, yeah, whereas indeed. this is an espionage thriller. But I, I just think th- this is more of a solid effort than Thor The Dark World was. Yeah, it's still a very enjoyable film, but yeah. for me, didn't just didn't quite tip up to the Mark LaFarge film. Really? Okay. But it's still enjoyable. Great. To find out more about the film 118 Lenses, visit our Twitter at HSSForge. Alright, I can see that you're upset in there because am. your favourite sitcom has My, finished, come yeah. to an end. I think, uh, okay, so How I Met Mother's Finale aired on Monday in the United States. I'm not going to spoil any of it because obviously it hasn't aired in the UK yet. If you want to read about it, go online. I'm sure there's plenty of information out there. But, you know, I'd say, I'd say wait a few weeks until it actually airs in the UK to get the full story because it is worth watching. Um, I'm just kind of upset because for me, it's, it's my version of Friends. You know, I've watched it for the past nine years and it's kind of sad to see it come to an end. But that being said, I think the finale is well handled. It's, it's really funny. It's, it basically does the best of what the show did. So what I kind of liked about it is that it was less cliche and that none of the characters' lives work out in the way that you think they do. Okay. Like it, it deals with themes which, which actually affect people in real life rather than give you, you know, the, the very typical happy ending that other sitcoms do. So it's definitely worth a watch. I'd are we, are say, we talking about Friends by any chance when you say that? Yeah, yeah. I think Friends ended. <laughs> everyone, everyone was happy at the end of Friends. And yeah, it was nice, but it didn't really engage with people or, or enable them to empathize in the way that How I Met Your Mother does. Because How I Met Your Mother over its nine seasons has dealt with some very big issues. You know, uh, the loss of a father, uh, the birth of a child, divorces, you know, being left at the altar, all those, all those big issues are playing How I Met Your Mother. And that's what I like about it as a show because it, it takes that and it, and it gives it to you straight. And the ending is possibly not what you want for the characters. But at the same time, it, it, it's justifiably done. So it's worth a watch. Wait for it to air on, on E4 in the UK. Okay. See, I'm not big on the American sitcoms. I don't watch really any of them. Yeah. Um, but this what? interests me because it's been on for so long. Same as the Friends finally interested me. How has it been received? I know you received it well, but you were telling me just now that it's not been received well by a lot of no, people. No, I think a lot of people are are upset because they it doesn't give them the happy ending. I mean, it does in a way. Uh, I mean, obviously, after it's aired in the UK, I can do a more in-depth spoiler talk about it. But because it's not that... Uh, every character ends up in, in the place that you want them to. Yeah. It, it, they just haven't taken to it. But you know what? I think that's fine. And I think they do it well and they justify the reasons behind it. And ultimately, the main thing that they do is justify the reason for him telling the story to his kids. Because it opens with Ted Mosby in the year 2030 saying, I'm going to tell you the story of how I met your mother. Yeah. And you, you understand why. Okay. Why he's ultimately telling this story. I'm glad at, about that. And at this time as well, in the year 2030. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy with it.
So, Liam, you're going to talk to me about how Facebook has bought out Oculus Rift. Yeah, so Facebook have reached an agreement with Oculus VR, the um, company that make Oculus Rift, worth yeah. approximately $2 billion. Wow. And it's been reported that they have bought it for $400 million in cash and <laughs> 23.1 million shares in I, Facebook I stock. honestly don't understand why they've paid in cash. No, I'm not, well, sh- not quite sure. Who's ever seen $400 million in cash? Yeah. That's incredible. Um, I'm not sure if that bit yeah. is, if it would be a check or something and it's in the bank, but no, it, uh, the, where I'm reading this all from, it says cash, the specific cash. word. Yep. Wow. <laughs> $2 billion. You know that's half of what uh, Disney paid for Lucasfilm? That's a lot. Exactly. And you like what they got, which is what kind of confuses me about this, because Facebook have bought it and the Oculus VR technology is not fully ready. No, it's not. It's not. It's still being developed. So I don't understand what Facebook are going to do with it. Yeah, well, Mark Zuckerberg, he's stated a few plans that he's got for it. Yeah. And it's more, he's more interested in when it gets past gaming. That's what he's looking at. Okay, so... The long run of... So he's going to, people are going to wear the the VR headset and check their Facebook. Well, (laughs) it's it's things like Skype and things like that that he's interested in. So hang on, let me find this quote that I've got here. So he wants to fast accelerate um, their process of making games, which is nice that he's keeping them on the path that they were set out to do. Yeah. Um, but he has big plans for afterwards. So I'll read his direct quote. So on asked if he's going to be carrying on making games, he says, yes, but this is just a start. After games, we're going to make Oculus a platform for many other experiences. Imagine enjoying a courtside seat at a game, studying in a classroom of students and teachers all over the world, or consulting with a doctor face-to-face just by putting on goggles in your home. See that? Okay, okay. It kind of makes more sense now. So he's taking it into sort of like Total Recall yeah. type thing where you put on these goggles and like he's said as well, like um, imagine a Skype call where you put your headset on and it feels like you're sitting at a table with your family around you. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. But um, I'm just worried about, you know, the, the gaming side of it because the gaming side of it, which we tested out a couple of weeks ago, was really good and it was really yeah. fun. Considering and what it's I, still in testing stages, it's really coming along. Exactly. And what I don't want is for them to kind of, to fiddle around with the gaming side for a bit, drop all of it, and then go, oh, how can we incorporate this with Skype Yeah. instead, you know, and focus on that? Because um, obviously, uh, they've got a rival, they've got challenges now. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation have revealed Project Morpheus, yes. which is their own uh, virtual reality headset, which has now been tested... Um, Tested by writers uh, using PlayStation Move. I'm not sure if you know PlayStation Move. It's yeah, two, I, two, I, one, yeah, two I've got old. PlayStation Move. Yeah, my, it's really, really good, really sensitive, really fantastic. Um, but it works by having the headset on and then two PlayStation Move controllers in each hand, and it's got really good <laughs> feedback so far. Yeah, that's really good. The problem I have with that is that it's not, it's not, it's not ideal for for just a normal home, for a family home. No, because obviously, if you're wearing a headset. And you're holding onto these these glowing sticks to 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 sort of measure your movement. Wave a plane it. in. Exactly. Yeah, wave a plane <laughs> in. Yeah. Um, if you're in a family home, you're gonna knock stuff over. Yeah. You're gonna punch someone in the face. No. Oh, yeah. Because you can't see what you're doing, so you need a big open space, and that's what worries me about the VR stuff. It's what I love about seeing adverts for Xboxes Connect and stuff. <laughs> these massive living rooms that yeah. people have. It's people don't have do like these people that. live. Yeah. Exactly. Or these very select few people they can play xbox connect the way it was meant to yeah and that's what worries me whereas the the oculus stuff that we tested out was uh was for pc gaming so it was people sat in chairs yeah and doing it that way you know that worked i don't know i just think 
I think the VR stuff is good. I'm not sure it's the future of gaming. No. But I think I think it will be a very interesting phase. And particularly what Sony are doing and what they're going to do, I think it's going to work. I mean, what's known now with gaming and Oculus Rift is that finance will not be an issue. They'll be no. able to get the, the AAA developers alongside. Mm. Um, something that is... Something that is a bit worrying, though, is that I felt because Oculus Rift, it's never going to... At this stage, it's not going to feel like proper proper um, in-game graphics. Like, we're not not going to talk Last of Us and Heavy Rain and games yeah, like yeah. that. Um, so I was hoping to see indie games uh, on Oculus. Lots of the... Uh, yeah, lots of the really fantastic indie games. But Marcus um, Marcus Pearson, who's better known as Notch, he created the game Minecraft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's now pulled out and said that he's not going to be making a Minecraft version of the game. He originally donated money to Kickstarter when Oculus was back on Kickstarter oh, and wow. donated money to get it up and running. And he was developing a Oculus version of the game, but he's now pulled out and said, no, I don't... Facebook isn't sort of my thing. Like He feels that Facebook is more of a social communication medium and yeah, doesn't want be, to be yeah. associated going towards that. He wants it to stay with gaming. Well, it's kind of... <laughs> I read a quote uh, by, by somebody in an article saying that Facebook are just trying to look cool again because <laughs> <laughs> they think in the next few years Facebook is going to phase out as a social media network because it's getting too big and it's getting too complicated with privacy issues. Yeah. You know, and uh, within the next few years, they think Facebook is going to die out. So Facebook needs something to hold on to. And maybe, maybe the VR is the thing. Maybe yeah. they become a, a gaming company. Maybe they become, you know, because gaming is already a big thing on Facebook. Yeah. Maybe they're going to focus solely on that. Yeah, indeed. I, I, I kind of agree with them. I think Facebook will die out as a social media network. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's hard to tell where, where it will lead. Mm. What is known that, should it be successful? There'll be no limits in the way of finances, but then on the other hand, if Marcus Person has already pulled out and feels let down by Oculus be letting themselves be bought mm. by Facebook, maybe other indie game developers are going to feel the same way and won't want to be involved. But at well, the same may time... Maybe, maybe there are issues there with who, who owns what. Because yeah. obviously Facebook, you know, when you sign up to Facebook, there's a, there's a very clear terms and agreement service which says we own everything you put onto our site. So maybe the problem is that Facebook have bought Oculus Rift and their plan is to own all the games which go through the system. So for indie developers, that's a bad thing because it means they can't hold on to their property. No, indeed. But what do you think? Do you think Oculus has sold out? I'm not sure. They mm. they did need the money. They because definitely especially, needed the money. Especially now if Project Morpheus revealed. Yeah. It was going to be because they're going to be really taking over and now have the developers. They've already got developers that are making games for Project well, Morpheus. Well, Sony just has, you know. Yeah, whereas Oculus didn't have that. And so I think they did need the money. Mm. Whether this was the correct move or not, I mean, there's, it's kept the company open. So uh, I think time. Will, I think only time will tell. Yeah. But I think the PS4 is its main problem. I, it, the PS4 and actual games to play with the Oculus Rift yeah. are, the, are the, the main problems they need to solve. And maybe, just maybe, Facebook is the company to do that. Yeah, well, like I said, they'll now have the money to get the developers, the big, big developers, yeah. to um, make games for Oculus. It'll just be now the war between Project Morpheus and Oculus. And if Oculus is taken away from gaming, they will be wiped because Project Morpheus will then have its chance to succeed. The moment Oculus falls behind and they put more focus on yeah. its social and communication side than they do games, Project Morpheus is going to be taking the lead. Yeah? Yeah. You know, just a single bachelor looking for company. 
If you want to learn more about our film Pigeons, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash pigeons film. Okay, so we're going to do something a bit differently this week. Uh, We're going to do a spoiler talk on Captain America the Winter Soldier, because obviously there there are things in the film which tie into the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe, and there are some, some, you know, some interesting things to talk about. And yeah. obviously how it ties into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show, is a big thing for me because I got to the end of this movie and I just was like, what? Why have they even bothered making a TV show? But it's obviously part of the larger Marvel plan yeah, this conceived is one thing, by Kevin Feige. So. This is one thing that's nice with the whole, the fact that they've got such a massive cinematic presence now is that yeah. everything can tie into everything. And it's only the people who have watched very all clearly and yeah. we'll get all the references to everything exactly which you know i mean clearly marvel have a plan and one of the things that 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 bugs me slightly is that you need to kind of you watch the movies uh and marvel are clearly three or four years down the line what they're planning and you know where they're at with you know their phases is way ahead of us and so what we're seeing is necessary plot development in order for you to get to the good stuff so what we're seeing you know, could be classed as filler, but yeah. it's really good filler. <laughs> like, you know, so uh, let's go back to the beginning. So the film opens with Captain America uh, trying to save a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. ship that yeah. has some uh, classified data on it. Yeah, it's been taken over by pirates. Yeah. And it just sort of already opens to how on earth has a S.H.I.E.L.D. vessel <laughs> been attacked by pirates. But it's been taken by pirates and Captain America and Black Widow and a small team have to go on the ship and recover recover the ship and Black Widow has, an, has a side mission to recover data on the ship. Exactly. I think uh, as an action scene to open a movie, it's really well done. Yes. The choreography is is absolutely fantastic. Chris Evans moves a lot faster than he did in the first Captain America yes. movie. He's obviously, uh, the costume is slimmed down. It's less bulky. His movements are more refined. and A lot more athleticism to he's him. More, he's more tactile, yeah. essentially, because he's more of a spy. Like I said in the review earlier, he's less of a soldier... And he he's a shield operative. Yeah. So clearly, in the three years after, um, you know, the Avengers, he's 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 been busy training up, in order to be a shield pawn, and that's kind of what this movie is about. He's sort of fighting against the system because he he doesn't want to be a pawn for shield, you know. But um, okay, so he's on the ship uh, recovering data, and there's Agent Sitwell is on the ship as well. Yes. Which is an interesting, which is basically where the mystery begins because you're watching it and you're like, why is he there? Uh, you may know him. He's, he's appeared in a couple of Marvel shorts and he's uh, in some of the films as well. Um, he's a nice character and he's he's a crucial character to, to the plot of this film. Um, yeah, so what were, you, what were you thinking when you were watching it as to why he was, why he may be on the ship? I, at that point, I had no idea. It was sort of a bit odd. Yeah. Couldn't work out... Um... It was quite difficult because I was wanting to take all the action, but at the same time, I was trying to, to pause figure out the and plot. question yeah. what he was doing there. Yeah. I mean, it's quite what I really liked about it is that it has an element of mystery to it, which is something that other Marvel films haven't had. Because obviously, I mean, Iron Man is a, is a great action movie. Iron Man 2 is, is very flawed, but, you know, it still works in some parts. But they're, they're action movies. They're comic book adventures. Whereas, yeah. you know, and Thor is a, is a science fiction. The first Captain America film is a period piece with some action in it. And, a, and, you know, a bit of sci-fi thrown in. Whereas this feels like a very specific genre piece. Yeah. It's, a, it's a conspiracy thriller. 
Yeah. It's straight out of the 70s, and it's great because Marvel handled it very well. And the two directors who we haven't really talked about, Anthony and Joe Russo, known for uh, their work on Community and Arrested Development. Yeah, Yumi and Dupree, I think, was yeah, there. Exactly, yeah. one of the bigger films. Mm, which yeah, is know, a, lot of, a lot of people slated. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. But they're, they're an interesting choice. And they will be doing the third Captain America yeah, in 2016. Yeah, they've signed on. Uh, they're moving very quickly on this because obviously... Um, where at the end of the movie, the Winter Soldier plot is still unresolved. So yeah. they need to do that. Um, and I think it's good that Marvel are capitalizing this while it's while it's popular. Because what what I was thinking all the way through this movie is that phase one has happened. They've got the Avengers together. And obviously the, the Avengers movie that Age of Ultron, uh, which Joss Whedon is currently working on, they've started filming in Johannesburg. They've got some new members to the lineup. And what they're clearly doing is getting rid of everything from phase one. Because, spoiler alert, like, if you're listening to this now and you haven't seen Captain America the Winter Soldier, stop listening, go watch the movie, then come back. But, spoiler alert, they tear down S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. You know, and it's like, everything they've done in phase one leading up to this point, they're tearing down. And I love it, because it's so ballsy. Yeah. It turns turns out that the information... Black Hood was given a side mission to recover this information on the ship. And when she takes it back to Nick Fury, Nick Fury tries to access it, and he gets told that his access is denied. And when he asks on who authority it's denied, it says, your own. So it creates this whole... There's clearly an issue there. (laughs) Yeah, and it it turns out that Fury works out that there must be a mole or something going on, and he's attacked when he's uh, out on the road, which is a fantastic scene. Oh, yeah, that car chase... Because it just shows, like, one thing that, that they definitely did really well in this movie is not underuse Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. No, indeed. Because in, in the past, he's turned up in cameo roles, particularly, you know, at the end of Iron Man, he's great. He turns up and he says, <laughs> what about the Avengers initiative? And it's like, oh, my God. But he's a plot device. In all those other movies, he's a plot device. Yeah, he's just in there this, to drive it. he's an action star. Yeah. And I love it because they do it so well. And... You know, they hunt him down. And uh, spoilers, they kill him. Yes. Or not. But <laughs> sort of. <laughs> no, at this point in the story, you think you think uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character, Nick Fury, is dead. Yeah, he does this thing. He goes, he goes to uh, Captain America's house, Steve Rogers, hands him the <laughs> USB stick and says, you can't trust anybody at S.H.I.E.L.D. Something's not right. And yeah. then he is assassinated. Yeah. He is shot and obviously, with a I mean, You know, what this is setting up is that there's a, there's a government body that is deeply flawed because it's, it's about secret keeping. And there are issues with that. And obviously, there's a, there's a mysterious program which uh, Nick Fury has begged Alexander Price? Pierce. Alexander Pierce to, to, to hold off on, uh, which is called... What's the program called? Operation Insight. Operation Insight. Which is it's three, helicar- uh, three helicarriers linked to spy satellites and designed to preemptively eliminate threats. Yeah. This is one of my gripes of the film. Okay. A small <laughs> gripe. Um, which, you know... It's going, I knew it was going to be a plot in some films and a lot more TV, but Past of Interest, which I've told you about, a TV yeah. show with uh, Michael Emerson. Yeah, produced by Jonathan Nolan? Yes, written by him as well. Really? All, all, mm. all, wow. Okay, good. I need he, to get he into created, He created a gen- the uh, initial premise for it. Okay, right. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, but the general idea of that is that in this day and age with CCTV, social networking, um, the general premise is that uh, Michael Emerson has created a machine um, an, an AI that will yeah. listen to phone calls and watch everyone every hour of every day through CCTV and it will preemptively detect any threats to America 
Yeah. Um, and so it detects them so that they can be eliminated before they happen. And that is what the plot yeah. is to well, to this with yeah. the heli characters. Well, there's a, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a great line in this where Captain, like, says, uh, shouldn't the punishment come after the crime? Yeah. You know, which is a great point. And this is essentially what the film is, is predicated on, this idea that there is no privacy anymore. And this Project Insight with the heli, with the heli characters heli carriers picks on uh, specific people who it considers to be threats. There are some names dropped in there as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, Doctor Strange movie. They basically announced it within Captain America, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they pick on uh, specific threats and target them and take them out using the hell carriers, which obviously Captain America is against because yeah. he says... He says this is not freedom. This is fear. Yeah, this is basically what he fought against in World War II. And Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury agrees with him. So he tries to, to get them to hold off on Project Insight and he's killed for it. You know, uh, and from there, you know, there's a whole mystery surrounding the Winter Soldier, which isn't fully resolved. And one of my uh, problems with the movie is that they bring in uh, Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. And he's he's kind of, he's in the plot, but he's not integral to it. No. I don't think. It could have been... Anybody. He's later. Yeah. He's introduced. He is the one who um, shoots Nick Fury when he's at Captain America's house. Yeah. Um, and Captain America gives, gives chase. Um, he's wearing a mask that one of those masks that we see <laughs> in Arrow, in Batman, and everything, where you can see who it is, but yeah. because it's the film, they've got to just ignore that they can see who it is. You can clearly tell that it, it's his best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Bucky um, Barnes from the first movie. Yeah. And so, who we all thought was dead, he died. Yeah. Died in during the war with. With Steve Rogers. Um, but yeah, it turns out it's Bucky. And yeah, the film goes on from that. But it didn't need to be Bucky. It could have been any mm. assassin. Well, no, I think I think Marvel, again, have a larger plan. And I think the, the reason why they've capitalized on Captain America and they've got a release date for 2016 mm. is that they're going to continue the story while it's still hot and while it's still fresh. You know, Because obviously, at the end of the movie, uh, the Winter Soldier walks free essentially, yes. to, to go off and discover who he is. Yeah. Um, and so that's unresolved. And so they need to they need to, to fill in the gaps on that. Yeah. So we've got a lot of filler. We've got a lot of action, a lot yeah. of fighting, some really well choreographed fighting scenes. Really well done. Um, and it gets to a stage where it turns out that uh, Robert Redford, who is playing Nick Fury's boss, yeah. um, is actually um, one of the leading members of HYDRA, yeah. which was the enemies of the first film. And they have been lying dormant in plain sight for six, seven years, getting themselves inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. to the point where they could take over these heli-carriers and Project yeah. Insight and then eliminate people one by one. Yeah, essentially they, they create Project Insight as the, as the, the dominant force of, a fascist, of their fascist regime. Yeah. So they can control the world and create order, and, you know, which is what they believe in. They believe in order and uh, you know, um, they think they're doing the right thing. Yes. You know, but obviously... It's obviously mass murder. Yeah, it's mass murder, yeah. Um, and, and this is what I kind of... This is what I liked about it, is that it goes really big. The plot goes really big. And it. some might say it's silly. You know, it is, it is a little bit... But it's Marvel. It's Marvel. It's Marvel superheroes. Yeah. I mean, with the idea that Hydra could be lying in place with, lit, with no one knowing about it. Or, well, I suppose Hydra are covering their tracks or killing anyone that finds out. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that Nick Fury is oblivious to it yeah. is, is quite interesting, you know. But um, Oh, who's alive? We didn't mention that. Oh, yeah, he comes back to <laughs> it's revealed. It's revealed before the end of the film that Nick Fury um, faked his death. Yeah. He was, he was shot and revived, but 
though he didn't tell anybody he was a vibe because he didn't mm. know who could be trusted exactly which is i again it you know it's about trust issues but so at the end of the movie uh you know the the helicopters are about to, the helicarriers are about to be launched uh and captain has to stop it because he has to give everyone freedom you know yeah. we've missed which, out one of the major characters that helped stop what? it scarlett johansson falcon Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll get to Falcon in a minute. Oh, okay. So that's I, exciting. No, I'll tell you what. We'll do Falcon now. All right. So, at the beginning of the movie, right at the beginning, uh, Captain bumps into Anthony Mackie's character. Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson, who becomes the Falcon. Yeah. Um, I really liked him, actually. He was kind of... He I was, thought he was fantastic. I he think was really he has played very well, very well by Anthony Mackie. Yeah. And, who, yeah. Who, up until now, has had some big roles in some big films. He's in Gangster Squad, and he's really good in that. Uh, he's in uh, quite a few other things, but he's never he's been quite underused. Yeah. Whereas I think in this film, the the role is right for him, and they handle it really well because he's really funny. He, he's smart. He's brilliant. He's it's tactile. Nice. He's sort of he's similar to his character in Heartlocker. Yeah. But it's just yeah. It's great, and I think the Falcon costume is a little bit naff. It Would was. Would you agree? It was, but when we look at the Falcon costume in the comics, yeah, I'm sort of it's it's one of those. Ones like like we've seen with Man of Steel, Captain America. It's one that's hard, probably really difficult to upgrade to make it look like it's not naff. Yeah, and I think on that respect, they They've did done quite they did well. a good job. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, okay. So we'll talk about uh, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow as well, who also for me has been slightly underused and underdeveloped in other Marvel films. Whereas here, she she appears to be more. She's more of a partner. She's more of a human character as well. Hmm. In the in Iron Man two, she's. She turns up and she she kicks some ass and it's kind of cool, but she doesn't really do anything beyond that. Yeah. And in the Avengers, she she has more of a storyline and she's she's very clever within the plot and she handles herself well in a team which is all male, you know. Yeah. But again, it, it's kind of underdeveloped. But in this, she she is on par with Captain America in her skills, in her in her uh, her role in how the plot sort of turns out at the end. And they have a really good relationship because obviously uh, Cap has been working closely with her since the Avengers yeah. incident. Um, and I think they, they get on really well on screen as well. Yeah. You know, they have a, the two actors, Chris, Chris Evans and uh, Scotty Hansen, have a lot of chemistry. Yeah. They and do I think a fantastic her character is, is really well done in this movie. And I can only hope that they continue doing that. Yeah. Even better for Avengers 2 and beyond. Yeah. So the film ends with the three heli carriers. Uh, yeah, yeah, the three heli carriers: um, Falcon, Black Widow, and Captain America all go to one each, and they have to change some key cards that are on them um, so that they can't be used anymore to target yeah. civilians. Um, they succeed in doing so. Captain America has a massive fight with the Winter Soldier um, and does the whole "You're Bucky, remember you." Yeah, Bucky. obviously, yeah, because there, there is a moment in this where. Uh, Bucky doesn't remember who he is. No, it turns out he's been he's having electrical surgery to have uh, his memory to have wiped. His memory wiped. And then they they keep freezing him so he doesn't age. Yeah. And I mean let okay, so let's talk about the Winter Soldier before we get to the end of the movie. Let's All talk right. about Winter Soldier. Um what do you think about the design? I think it was quite interesting. The design was interesting. Um I think he looked good. I think that I I like the long hair. Yeah. I really like the way he looks. Um he he moved well. He was the action scenes between him and Captain America yeah. were the choreography of the action scenes. Just in it, general, was brilliant. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> he you you know more about him than I do. So explain his backstory, where he's where he's come from, just according to the films. Who okay, he is. so okay, within this universe, so Bucky Barnes in the first movie, who's Captain America's best friend, dies while they're trying to, uh, you know, stop the Red Skull from dominating the world. Um, 
and you don't know what happens to him. They never find his body, but Captain America just has to move on in order to stop the Red Skull. And then at the beginning of this movie, uh, you see this mysterious figure who kills Samuel L. Jackson, and Captain's like, that guy looks familiar, you know? <laughs> Obviously, that guy yeah. looks familiar to me. Um, and then during one of their later fights, it's revealed that it's Bucky, and Captain says, Bucky? And the Winter Soldier kind of freezes for a moment as if to say, no one's ever called me a name before, you know. But obviously during the the 70 years that Cap's been on ice and then defrosted. <laughs> yeah. Defrosted like a chicken. Thawed. <laughs> it's been thawed. Right? Thawed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice pun. Anyway, so in, the, in those 70 years, uh, Hydra got a hold of Bucky's body and sort of wiped his mind and turned him into a weapon. And over the 70 years, he's been doing Hydra's bidding to shape the world into wanting the Insight program to go ahead. Yeah. So essentially, he's been, he's been the schemer, or really, he's been the, the tool behind their grand scheme, you know, getting the world to a position where they feel like they need the extra safety of Project Insight in order to protect them. Yeah. And so he's in this film to stop Nick Fury from digging on information for... Uh, Project Insight and yeah. when Captain America and Black Widow branched off and realised that they need to take down whoever it is in S.H.I.E.L.D. that's trying to take over yeah. um, well I mean, that, I mean obviously this gets revealed because they, they start following the, 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 the tracks of the data yeah. which Nick Fury was giving them and it leads them to the army base where Steve was trained Yeah, and he became Captain America which is really interesting um, it's a nice throwback actually in linking the first film in kind of you know like the that there are there are big plot points here which obviously go back to Captain America 1. And I think that's good. It's like the films aren't totally separate. They're quite intertwined with what happens. And obviously they go into the army base. Um, they find a secret room within a secret room, which I quite like because it's yeah. a, they find a room which is where S.H.I.E.L.D. began, um, which uh, has been run by um, Iron Man's dad. Yeah, with a Dominic Cooper portrait on yeah, the wall Dom- Dominic Cooper portrait on the wall <laughs> Howard and, Stark and um, the woman from the first movie oh Peggy Carter yeah Peggy Carter on the wall as well um, so and they they have been running S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, which you find out in the Agents of Carter Agent Carter short film by Marvel yeah obviously at the end of that it's revealed that they're going to run S.H.I.E.L.D. together so they find this secret room within a secret room um and in there, there's, there's, there's this strange machine with yeah. a USB port. Lots of really old-fashioned machines. And then yeah. a modernized USB port plugged into it. So they, they plug the, the data USB stick in. And, and Zola. Yeah, Arnim Zola, who is a, who is a supervillain and a foe of Captain America and yeah. the Avengers. From the first film as well. Yep. Uh, comes on the screen. And he, is, he has transformed himself into an artificial intelligence without a body. Yes. And effectively, he has been running Hydra from behind the scenes, collating data on everyone throughout time and forming their plan, you know, and leading it to Project Insight where they can dominate the world. Um, and I find that really interesting, actually, that he is a um, kind of a force of artificial intelligence controlling, you know, he's the man behind the curtain, essentially, controlling the strings. Yeah, he um, it's sort of very Wizard of Oz the way that he sits yeah. there. But um, he uh, he makes a point of um, it's revealed during the film that it turns out that uh, with certain information, you can pretty much predict the humankind's future. Yeah, because uh, with all the information we put online, our past history, it's revealed you can look at that future. And so Arnim Zola does 
just that. He sits there, looks at where things are going, mm. and then changes its direction, fit to Hydra's uh, purposes. Yeah. So, um, so by the end of the film, when they're trying to take down the free heli free heli carriers, it's uh, it's evident that Hydra has been a part of Shield. One thing that actually um, kind of intrigued me is that obviously they've got Marvel's Agents of Shield on ABC in America and Channel Four in the UK. Yeah. Um, and they're making a, a Peggy Carter TV show. Okay. Um, and obviously, it, it's kind of interesting that Hydra infiltrate. Uh, Shield, whilst Dominic Cooper, uh, Howard Stark, and Peggy Carter are in control of it, you know, yeah. and, they're, and they're running it. So clearly, something is going to happen in that Agent Carter TV show. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if she's a member of Hydra if they if they change her attitude and she becomes a member of Hydra because there's a scene in this movie where Cap goes and sees her because obviously she's she's uh, aged. She's she must be about ninety by yeah. the time. Uh, you know, he sees her in this movie, but she's still alive, but she's got Alzheimer's. And she says a very similar line to Alexander Pierce. She says, um, what's the line? It's from the trailer. Uh, the, the line is about freedom, essentially. And uh, Peggy Carter says the exact same line. And obviously, Alex- Alexander Pierce is now in control of Hydra. Yeah. So... Um, you know, whether she is a member of Hydra or how it's revealed or whether she is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent within Hydra, within S.H.I.E.L.D., if you know what I mean. Yeah. Double agent. Um, I don't know, but I think it's going to play out in the Peggy Carter TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it just goes back to how everything in Marvel it, now is being linked together. Yeah. And but it's, it's just a case it's, of it's you It's all a the part links. of a grand plan yeah. that you don't know all of it. Like, like I say, they're three or four years down the line. Kevin Feige has, is currently working on phases three and four right and we're in we're still in phase two as an audience but all of this stuff and all of these things which are which slightly worry you or all of these plot developments where you go oh is that going to come back or like i was saying to to you uh, before we started recording um the the design of the winter soldier yes i, I was saying it's like the destroyer at the yeah. end of the the thor in, thor in thor one um you know whether they're gonna they're gonna come back and uh explain that more um we don't know, but obviously they have a plan and they're following it. So let's talk about the end of the movie and then the, the post-queen, the post-credit scenes. All right, okay. So we're on the helicarriers. Um, yeah. Black Widow and Falcon succeed in theirs. Uh, Captain America has a massive fight with Winter Soldier, mm. which he is successful in sorting the cards out. So, of course, everything is fine. Yeah. Um, but then he falls off after being shot a couple of times and just fatigued from the fight because it is a it is a really it is good a, fight. It is a good fight. Um, but he falls off a helicarrier into water. Um, and you, he, uh, he's content. He's, he's fine with knowing he succeeded and he doesn't mind dying at that stage. Mm. But Winter Soldier jumps into the water and pulls him out. Captain America out and then leaves him on a bank and then walks away. Yeah. Leaves him, leaves Captain because America clearly, you know, I alive. mean, during their fight, uh, Steve has kind of convinced Bucky that, that he, is, he is someone. He is yeah. not just a weapon that Hydra has turned him into. He has an identity. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the second post credit scene, if you, if you stay behind for that, um, is Bucky in the Smithsonian because obviously there's a big Captain America exhibit there that we see a couple of times through the movie and he goes to the Smithsonian and there's a part about Bucky in there and so he's learning who he is yeah. so clearly they have something very interesting lined up for Captain America 3 yes um, but yeah mid-credits scene um, no, let's, t- let's talk about the, the, the implication of the end of the movie because at the end of the movie Captain America takes charge and brings down S.H.I.E.L.D. yes right 
And obviously, one thing that immediately went through my head when they did this was that they've made it Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. Yes. They've, so They've clearly got a plan, but at the same time, You'll why? have to do the talk on this, because I haven't... I didn't keep up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I didn't yeah, enjoy it. Is I, it are you going to say any spoilers? Um, yeah, I'll say some spoilers for right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because essentially, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started. It was an interesting premise because they brought back Coulson, yeah, and everyone wanted to know how Coulson survived, because obviously he died, spoiler, in the Avengers. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so the whole plot of the agency show was predicated on this and it was interesting but it was it was taking a long time to get where it needed to go and the, they had a mid-season break and they came back and they explained how Colson survives and incidentally it wasn't as interesting as everyone thought it was going to be but at the same yeah. time you know hey hey ho um, and this, the latter half of the season has been has been fairly well paced it's been fairly interesting um, but they clearly had a big idea from the beginning about making a TV show that wasn't necessarily about a big shield organization, but was about a, a small team of characters working on their own to to eliminate threats that are small enough for them to handle, but you know, not, not big enough for the Avengers to handle, essentially. Yeah. And I think the Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is integral to them getting to that point because uh, you know they've brought down Shield, so Agents of Shield has no Shield to be agents of. You know, so clearly the 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 end of season one and season two, if they green light that, is is going to be about how this small team kind of copes with that. And I think that's interesting, and that's the interesting thing that should have been at the beginning of Agents of Shield. So maybe they should have held off on on creating the TV to the TV show until now. Yeah, and you know maybe they should have done. But then, as we said, they're always a few years ahead. Exactly. They're always, so always Marvel, planned out. Marvel have this grand plan, and they've got some very interesting stuff going on in Agents of Shield. Uh, um, sort of alien bodies, and hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, people trying to control Coulson. Ming Na Wen's character uh, yes. is revealed to to be kind of working for somebody else, which is you know fairly interesting. But like I say, all these things should have come sooner. Yeah, it is interesting. But as I said, I only watched five or six episodes yeah, exactly. because it just the, didn't grip me the, enough. The first three episodes really struggled to find their feet because they couldn't tell what they wanted to be yeah. as a show week in, week out. At which, the beginning, people were saying it's like Fringe. Yeah, which from Marvel, you'd expect you'd expect them to know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, so I think they should have held off on creating the TV show until, until after this movie because mm. clearly they had this plan. Um, anyway... <laughs> So let's finish on the the mid credit sequence, which sets up Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yes. So the uh, the character from the beginning of the movie, which we haven't really mentioned, uh, one of the pirates who was taking control of the ship. I'm pretty sure it's him. It is, did look like him. Yeah, is revealed at the end of the movie to be in control of Loki's scepter. Yes, Baron von yes. Strucker. Baron von Strucker, who um, you know is clearly going to have a pivotal role in the Avengers two. Um, but aside from this, we get our first introduction to Scarlet Witch, who's played by Elizabeth Olsen, and Quicksilver, who's played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yes. Very interesting. This I'm very ma- satisfied. Yes. I'm really looking forward to seeing more of these two. Yeah. Especially Quicksilver. I've been a big fan of Quicksilver yeah, for a I long think, time. I think they're, they're going to do some very interesting things. And, um, you know, same with, same with Winter Soldier. You don't know whose side they're on because obviously they're being held captive but they're being experimented on so they could like the winter soldier start off in the avengers 2 as weapons against the avengers and then yes. and then join their team um but yeah I, i'm i'm really happy with it i think the idea of you know how they got loki's scepter uh after you know 
the the Battle of New York at the end of the Avengers is a really interesting one, which they're going to explain at some point. Yep. Um, so yeah. So what's you know next for Marvel is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I know you're not looking too forward to. I saw the trailer for the first time a couple of days ago when I went yeah. to see Captain America, and yeah, it, it's not a film that I would probably pay to go and see. Really. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it looks quite. I think it looks quite Star Warsy and quite quite distinct, actually, for a Marvel movie. It does look distinct. But it, you know, obviously, <laughs> one the reason why it exists uh, is because of Thanos, who's at the end of the Avengers yes. in the, the mid credit scene, who uh, is going to be the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy, or at least one of the villains. Oh, okay. I didn't okay, and, that. So, and this is how it's all going to tie in because eventually they're going to link Guardians of the Galaxy to the Avengers, probably in Phase Three or Phase Four. Who knows? But profit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But it's all <laughs> planned out. Um, so, yeah, uh, anything else you want to add? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, when uh, when X-Men Days of Future Past comes out in May, we can talk about uh, Quicksilver. It'll Scarlet be interesting. Witch. Yeah, with Quicksilver. Because obviously uh, they have their own versions of those characters in the X-Men universe now because it's quite interesting. They share the rights. Yes. I mean, which, in, X-Men, in the X-Men universe, we've only seen a very brief image of Quicksilver I think in X-Men 1 where Logan yeah. been walked around um, the institution and you see Quicksilver running across a lake yeah yeah I, th- I think that's I, the that only may, time that may have seen been, him so yeah, far that may have been Quicksilver so yeah that's fairly interesting and obviously Marvel do not own all of their properties which is why they are capitalising on Captain America and Thor and Iron yeah, Man the, 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 le- the lesser known properties essentially when they made Iron Man in 2008 these were the lesser known characters which they were using and everyone said it won't work it won't work. You can't make the Avengers out of these characters when, you know, they really are the Avengers in the comic books. But everyone said it won't work on screen because nobody knows who they are. Yeah. And it did. Iron Man was a success and they, they got to make the Avengers and now we're in phase two and they are planning phase four, five, six. They are well ahead of us. Yeah. So clearly it did work and I'm, I'm really satisfied with it, with where it's going. And I think they have a really good story to tell. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I'm curious as to where it's going. The only thing that I want them to improve is if they're going to do a TV program, is to make it good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my only gripe so yeah. far. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Screen Out Loud podcast. Remember to check out our blog, ScreenOutLoudPodcast.wordpress.com, and follow us on Twitter at SoulBTS. Also, for more game reviews, TV reviews, and film reviews, don't forget to go to RushesMagazine.com.